I'm Coach Seb, and this is Running New Mexico. All right, joining me today, I have Matt Gonzalez. He is a former UNM runner, seven-time NCAA All-American, ran two Olympic trials, uh, graduate of Santa Fe High, uh, currently a realtor, father. Thanks for joining me. I appreciate you. Thank you for having me on. I really, really appreciate you. Yeah, of course. So Before we do get started, I do want to... um... On behalf of myself, and I'm going to talk about other runners, not about other runners, but I'm going to talk on behalf of other runners, um, even though I don't have their permission to. <laughs> but I think what you're doing is really, really awesome. Trying to get eyes on the sport, trying to get in depth with athletes, former athletes. And it's I, I just think it's amazing. I think it's brilliant. So kudos <laughs> to you. For real. Seriously. Love it. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate that, man. So, of course. Yeah, my first question for you is just, uh, you know, how did you get into running in the first place? All right. How did I get into running? This is awesome. (laughs) I got some stories for you as we spoke about the other day. But um, how I got into running uh, was a little bit more bizarre probably than most runners. Um, My father coached youth athletics for 30 years, over 30 years, you know, before he passed. And... uh, you know, he was such a great man, such a great coach, such a great mentor, such a great father, family man. Um, I was very, very lucky to, you know, have both parents. And although a lot of the times we didn't have, you know, a lot, we always had enough. Right. And that's something to be very, very, very fortunate for, which I always have been and always been very humbled by. So, um, you know, growing up, kind of grew up around some rougher kids because a lot of the you know, youth athletics didn't want them or didn't take them. And my dad always did. So it was really awesome. But uh, I've so I've always been in sports since a, a young, a really young age. <clears throat> but come around in the seventh grade, I was actually going to St. Michael's High School, started making some bad decisions, um, got popped for breaking and entering. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, you know, like I told you before, I'm, I'm going to be really honest with you. Uh, got popped for breaking and entering. Uh, this was back in the 90s, and my brother uh, at the time was an officer. So we got a little bit of, uh, he did a lot of smooth talking. And, you know, it's not like it is now, right? Right. There were some times where he could go to the officer and say, hey, this is my brother. But anyway, anyway um, so I was a football, baseball, basketball kid growing up. Uh, going to St. Mike's, they pulled me up in off season, practicing with the JV because of the five-year rule, as you know, as a seventh grader had to stay JV and the baseball team was just too intense for me. So I didn't, I decided not to play baseball and uh, you know, I finished the off season, decided not to play baseball in the spring. So I wasn't doing anything. So I ended up getting in a little trouble. Like, just like I told you. And uh, my pop told me my, my, my dad grew up in Martinez town here in Albuquerque. Right. So right now it's still, you know, a really, I'm a realtor. I got a watch what I say. <laughs> you got to watch what I say, but uh, it's a very colorful part of town. Um, still is now. And back then, you know, it was, it was even more colorful. So my dad was really, really big about us, you know, you know, going straight and narrow and not getting in trouble. And he said, I don't care what you do, but you got to do something. You're not going to sit here and you're not going to get in trouble. 
That's not what Gonzalez's do. He was always big on that. So um, my friend, his name's Santiago Ortega. And uh, I told him about everything that was going on. He's like, hey, man. He's like, I'm running track. Come on, run track and field. I was like, get out of here, bro. I'm not going to go run a track and field. <laughs> like, I got to wear those little shorts, man. Are you serious? <laughs> like, this is back in the 90s where everybody's wearing things below their knees, right? So I was like, I ain't going to run no track and field. He's like, well, what are you going to do? You know, come hang out with me, run a couple races, and just be a part of something. I was like, all right. So I'll go. My first race at Espanol, in Espanola, uh, junior high track, by the way. This is junior high track, by the way. Seventh grade. And I won my first 100-meter dash. And I did. <laughs> Fell in love with it. Completely fell in love. And I was a sprinter for years after that. So yeah, that's how I got in. That's how I got into the fell in love with track and field. You know? No soccer, nothing behind. My dad used to actually talk trash about soccer. As much as I would have played soccer because I fell in love with the sport. Now I coach three teams, right? So uh yeah, it, it was it was just one of those things. I I just fell into it, literally fell into the sport. That's, that's funny. That's, I, I've, I've talked to a few kids that have joined, you know, for, for this or, or that reason or you know, runners. Yeah. And, uh, um, it is funny, you know, talking to several people who, you know, they end up long distance runners, but they started as sprinters. <laughs> oh, of course. That's, but I bet all those, I don't know who you're talking about, but I bet all those people are all very, very, very competitive people as they start losing, <laughs> as they just don't have that, they're not blessed with those fast twitch muscles. As they start moving, they just start moving, you know, as they start losing, excuse me, they start yeah. moving up, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's that, and it's that initial fear that, that kids have, like, I, I can't run that many times around a track. I can't run a mile. I can't run an 800, you know? It's, yeah, uh... it, absolutely, you know? And, yeah, just going, well, I don't know. I, I think I think back then, I think you, you're on to something on that, you know, because it was one of those things that, oh, run a mile. Like, running a mile was always the drag. It was the PE thing. It was the the punishment. I mean, as runners, we always we already say, right, what's the same? Right. Uh, my sport is your sports punishment. You know, right. that was real weird. <laughs> I don't think it's that big now. But now, you know, it's, it's different. It's different now. You know, I think young – I've talked to more – parents and telling them hey kind of slow your kid down a little bit you know and again i'm not i'm not a you know uh <laughs> i don't have a degree in any exercise science or anything like that but just in my knowledge and what i've done i'm like hey just just keep them sprinting for a while you know so yeah but i, I it's i think it's i think it's more common at this point that you know younger kids are starting to go up in in distance which is kind of cool i guess it is i mean i definitely see more kids out there running 5Ks than, you know, back when, you know, we were running, you know. Absolutely. Um, Especially in our state. Yeah. Right? Especially in our state. Absolutely. Yeah. I, in fact, I took a, I took a bit of a break from, from running for a while after college. And uh, when I got back into it, I remember doing the uh, run for the zoo and I'm coming right. in and I'm feeling like, I'm all right, I'm all right, I'm all right. And these two kids, about half my size, came just flying past me at the finish line. I'm like, <laughs> I'm not Get after it. I am not sprinting after these kids. They can go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you just step off the course. Yeah. Don't even DNF. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, so so let's talk about that transition then. Moving up, like you just started getting 
a little slower, so you moved up to like, you know, 200s, 400s, 800s a mile. Yeah, so in terms of, of moving up, it was it was pretty gradual. I had a kind of a weird a weird uh, high school, right, uh, in terms of eligibility and such. Um, like I told you, I went to St. Mike's, which is 7 through 12. Um, and when I was when I was a baby, you know, just born, I couldn't hear for the first year of my life. They didn't really find out until I was about a year. So I lost a lot of development. School was hard for me, that type of that type of thing. And I got held back when I was in the third grade, which was always, always a drag. Kids can be mean to each other. Right. But um, I grew up, you know, like I said, on the on the harder on the harder side, not on the harder end of life, but just on the harder side. So I always stuck up for myself, always did that. And, um, you know, got got made fun of a lot for getting held back and being a little bit older, you know, being a great older and competing in sports at a grade level. And I'm talking elementary at this point. Right. Um, and even into junior high and high school there, you know, there would be parents that would say some things and whatever, you know. Yeah. Boohoo for me. Right. <laughs> for these are all first world problems. But um, so I jumped up, you know, after seventh grade, you know, that and that was just, you know, messing around eighth grade. You know, things started getting a little bit serious in in terms of racing um, where, you know, I started, you know, coaches started seeing things in terms of like, hey, let's put him in the, let's put him in the medley relay. Let's put him in the 200, let's put him in the 400. And there was a lot of playing around with where they wanted me, right? So eighth grade, that's where I jumped up from 100 meter, um, I mean, 100 meter and 200 meter races to jumping up to 400 was actually relays. We had a pretty good team that year and we made state in the medley relay where I was gonna run the 400. Uh, we won, I think, I think we won district. Hope nobody. Uh, I'm gonna say we won district. <laughs> <laughs> if somebody wants to fact check me and make me look like a fool, they can call me or text me or whatever. But I'm pretty sure if my memory holds me correct. I think we won district, maybe second, and uh, made it into state. But then we had our 100 and 200 meter runners uh, screw up the um, the exchange and drop the baton, and we got DQ. And uh, so that really got me thinking. You know, I think I think everything, you know, I, I love this. I love this sport. Where, where am I going to go with it? Right. Uh, freshman year comes along and I actually start running cross country to get in shape for track. Right. You know, that old age, you know, I run cross country, you know, to get in shape for track or I run track to get in shape for cross country, whatever runners say. Yep. When they, and they all they're all just trying to find their way. Don't let them BS you, you know. You, either, you like what you like, you love what you love, and, you know, but the two sports obviously go hand in hand. Right. If you're a mid-distance and distance runner, right? Always. Um, so, freshman year, I started running cross country, and that's where I was like, oh, man, here, okay, here's some my first year. Okay, we're doing okay. I'm taking top five. I'm doing this. I'm doing that. I win a race. And uh, I'm like, okay, this is this is this is pretty cool. I always wanted to be a professional athlete as a as a as a kid, and I always, you know, I grew up in the Mike Tyson era, the Michael Jordan era, right. you know. So those are my two aspirations. You know, I want to be a heavyweight champion. I want to be a basketball player, right? Not, I never boxed a day in my life, <laughs> <laughs> but I did play basketball. Yeah. And at this point, you know, I start looking around. I'm like, ah, I don't know, man. Maybe I need to switch switch it up because. My dad's five eight and a half. My mom's four ten, before eleven at the time. 
<laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I don't know how tall I'm going to grow. I don't know how big I'm going to be. Right. <laughs> uh, so I started thinking about running a little bit more seriously at that point. Uh, and then track season came along and uh, we did we did great. It's same race, same medley, um, almost the same team, I think, except for the 800 meter runner. I, I took over 800 meters at that, at that point. And I told you I was going to share that race with you and I need to do it. <laughs> I found a tape the other day, so I need to do I don't know how I'm going to do it. Maybe I'll have you over because it's on a VHS. That's how old I am. Oh, yeah, that's um, I, I remember coaches VH like. It's the only way you could at the time. Well, dude, and it's and it's an NMAA NMAA tape that you could buy at the time. Really, dude, it's so awesome. I, I still have the covers as you know, New Mexico State Championships NMAA. It's red, white, and blue. It's it's really cool. It's bizarre. It's it's really awesome. Oh man, I bet yeah. I could recognize some people in that. <laughs> Seriously, and it's crazy because we had, I think, yeah, we did have prelims that year. We had prelims in there because I have two different tapes for it. There's a prelims and it has like the whole state, almost the whole state meet. I should share it with you so we can, we can see. I mean, that was the days of uh, uh, the Joe Lopez days. And yeah. uh, oh my God, he's going to get mad at me for not remembering his name. St. Pius kid, Lopez as well. Um, Come on. I don't know why I'm blanking out on his name. Times I, of the month book, him and I talk. But anyway, I, so it, it was those days, right? Yep. Crazy thing about that race, we were so far behind, and I'll share it with you so, so you can appreciate it. And we ended up winning state that year in the medley. Didn't make it, I didn't make it in any in any single event, anything like that. But uh, that's when I really, really just fell in love with the sport, got the taste for blood, and I loved it. It was the competing aspect of it for me. And um, the next year, I ran cross country. With Coach Vasquez, Coach Vasquez took over that year, and I still love him to death. He still lives in Santa Fe. Um, I learned so much from that man, just about life. You know, I mean, he, he was just one of those coaches that I'll never forget, and I love him to death. Um, we don't talk as much as I think we should, but um, he, he he was he, or is. I mean, he's super amazing. He he. I remember going to. Um, a show down at the College of Santa Fe with him, uh, with a gentleman that was, name is Danny Hawk, who was doing uh, like an improv type thing. <laughs> I just kind of started like for the love of arts. I wasn't exposed to to too much, you know, as a kid, other than my dad being very, very smart. Like my dad read encyclopedias. Wow. That, that's what he did. You know, like he would, and he would just tell me, try to stump me, try to stump me. We'd ask him questions. We could never stump him. But it was more of that knowledge type and that uh, life building that my dad, that my dad taught us. But he was the first, Coach Vasquez, Carlos, Carlos is his name. Carlos Vasquez was the first uh, person to, you know, really introduce me to the arts and let me know there's something, there's, there's something bigger than Santa Fe, New Mexico, you know, and, not, and no, nothing against Santa Fe, New Mexico at all. But you're looking at a 14, 15 year old kid that really hasn't been anywhere else, right? Never right. really even been out of the state at that point. So, you know, my perception at that point was really, really, you know, tunnel visioned. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't have, I didn't have much uh, perspective of the world or life at that time. Um, didn't have a great season that year, that cross country season. And uh, then I, then we ended up deciding to move to Santa Fe High that year. Um, NMAA, which I still think they're wrong for, um, not allowing me to run that track season. Um, they had, they had this rule where my dad was disabled. My dad had 
brain tumors and seizures. And, you know, ever since I was, I don't know, probably three years old or so. Wow. And uh, he ended up being a sale. My dad was a heck of a salesman. You know, he was doing great before he started having grandma seizures. And then they, the doctors decided that he couldn't work, wasn't safe to drive, you know, X, Y, Z. Right. So um, we we did everything that we needed to do, paperwork, showing. And they wanted to then we, we lost 30% of our income where my parents did. Right. And they said that because they were really worried about then about, excuse me, they were really worried about recruiting back then between schools. That was the deal. Right. So I don't know if they thought I was getting recruited, which I wasn't. I was moving on my own accord and we did show everything that we needed to show. And I mean, we were ready. I mean, up until the day before district. And that's when we got the letter was the day before district that they weren't going to let me run. And I thought that was really scummy. Um, hopefully they're doing things better these days. I have no idea. Um, I know that, that, that same rule, like if you run varsity at one school, then you have to sit out. I don't know if there's exceptions for family hardship and that kind of stuff. It feels like there should be. I mean, that seems like a, I guess. I don't, I, I mean, outside of proving that head coaches are in breach of any kind of code of ethics. I think they should let kids run. It, it's it's punishing a child for absolutely nothing, and it's not okay. Even if a child just decides to say, "Hey, I don't want to go to a public, I'm private school anymore. I don't want to go to private school anymore. That's that's just that's it, and I want to move to public school." I think they should be able to do athletics. I don't think we're a big enough state for that. I don't think you know. I think we are a very competitive state for sure, especially when it comes to. I know we. I know a lot of people like to say that we're a basketball state, and we are. But in, ter- when, in terms of competitiveness and kids getting scholarships, you know, we're we're running and we're a soccer state, right? Um, yep. But I think there's just those views of still of the other sports where there is a lot of stuff going on, and I'm and I'm not talking bad about the other sports, but where it did, I shouldn't even say now because I have no idea. <laughs> but I'm talking about like back back when, you know, when things were different right? where Friday night football was different than it is now. And I think things like that used to happen back then. But uh, I I just think punishing a kid for switching a school is completely unacceptable. Yeah. It's unacceptable. Well, and I think even looking at, you know, if you're going to look at recruiting, I mean, I mean, (laughs) I, I, you left a school that was significantly better in the sport you were leaving to go to another school as far as placements at state and all of that stuff. Sure. You know, I mean, at the, at the time St. Mike's was, I mean, and they're still very good, but I mean, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I agree with you on that one. Um, at that time, they, that was like the time of Zach and dash Victor and those guys. So I think, uh, I, forgot I think about that. I did have a bit of a better program. Um, Fernandez, Coach Fernandez at St. Mike's, who's built a phenomenal program. I mean, over two decades. I mean, it is amazing. Well over two decades, excuse me. Um, I think Fernandez, I think that was his first or second year. My state championship may, and I, and I don't know, I have to talk to him. I got to see. 
But yeah, no, 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 it was. That state championship my freshman year, I think was his first or second year. And I would, I think it was his first year because coach David Segura had it before him. Uh, okay. It was David Segura, which his brother Matt was a phenomenal runner as well. And so was David. David, I think, had, I don't know if he still has the record of the fastest marathon or not a world record, but I think it was American record of the fastest marathon as a youngest kid back. Uh, probably not anymore, I'm sure, with Rupp and all those guys. But yeah. Um, well, yeah, no, there's, my, yeah, there's, oh, yeah. um, do you remember David Segura and them? It, did, um, did you ever hear? Yeah. My, my dad knew them. So I, I grew up, I mean, so you grew up with those names. Yeah. I grew up talking about all those guys. I mean, that was <laughs> David, that, David, so awesome, dude. God, I love, I, he was, he was great. Number is great. I shouldn't say yeah. was, I mean, he's so great, but I haven't talked to him in God, since I was knee high to a duck. Right. I, and I, I still, well, up until probably, God, well, been much longer than i'd like to admit now but i mean my dad still talked to matt um and uh i mean it's probably it's it's probably been like eight years since i've talked to him i need to get back in touch with him yeah matt matt's amazing too he's just i gotta get him on here he supported supported, i mean he supports so much in the community yeah when i um fast forward a little bit i but uh when i the year it was Right after Olympic trials, 2008 Olympic trials, Nike cut a ton of athletes. I mean, like, um, I mean, Olympians. Why am I blanking out on her name? Um, she ran out of college. She's an Adam State girl. Oh. She's older than, definitely older than me. Yeah. Um, no, I was thinking now. Elva Dreyer. Yeah. Including Elva Dreyer. And I'm, and, I'm, and I'm nothing compared to Elva Dreyer. Right. I mean, so and Nike did as nasty or I don't know how they did everybody else, but they did me nasty that year. Uh, they dropped us that year and a ton of athletes, but they never let me know. Like I'm waiting for my check. I got paid once a month at that point. And I'm like waiting for my check and it was late. And that wasn't like it wasn't unlike Nike to do that. Right. And like but month goes by, two months goes by, three months goes by. I'm getting hungry. Right. <laughs> I'm starting, get, I'm starting to get skinny, man. And, uh, so I contact him. I contact the head, which I don't remember his name. I probably wouldn't even say it if I did remember it. But I don't I don't, don't remember the head's name at that time. Um, and he's like, nah, man. He's like, we decided not to. Because that was the end of my – that was the – I signed a – I believe it was a four-year contract. Excuse me if I'm a year or two off. Yeah. Or am I, a year, not a year or two. A year off on each side. Yeah. Um, I think it was a four-year contract with an option of a fifth, or it could have been a three-year contract with an option of a four. I think it was four, option five. Um, and they decided not to take their option. It was it was Nike's option, not my option. And they then he sent me an email, hey man, we're not gonna, we're not gonna, we decided not to uh to sign you back on. I was like, well shit, man, you could have just let me know. Yeah. And I think trials had a lot to do with it. Like you could have let me know. Like I was there with you at the race. Like you congratulated me for my performance or lack thereof of what you thought I should have done or shouldn't have done. And yeah, so that, that was kind of, so anyway, going back to Matt, I wanted to start kind of like what, um, Jesse Armijo and them have started, you know, the Dukes, the Dukes club and all that. But I wanted to do it in terms, and I talked to Jesse about it years and years back. Um, but nothing, nothing came of it. And and it's not nothing because of him. It was because of me. I dropped the ball. I don't know. I wouldn't say I dropped the ball, but I just never followed through with it. Right. 
Um, but what I wanted to do is do an alternative for distance runners outside of the big companies. Right. And I got the idea from Brooks. Right. I'm not it wasn't it wasn't my organic idea. Right. But uh, I wanted to do a version of that. But there was, you know, and, and I don't know how I have no idea how their structure is now. But at the time, they were still heavily weighted on that money from Brooks. I wanted to do it in terms of let's do let's start getting local sponsors. Let's and we'll pay, you know, it was more of a developmental club of what I wanted to start. Than anything let's take these kids who are coming out that have potential because i really didn't god i didn't i didn't start doing well until my sophomore year you know which was just a glimpse right um and i and i really came through basically my last three semesters at unm so that's what i wanted to do is get these late bloomers and get people who you know get athletes and not just in, not just in new mexico but all over the country get these athletes that maybe were late bloomers one and they're showing a bunch of potential but two maybe they had some injuries and they they were supposed to be something in the first two three years out of college and you know things got slowed up because of you know whatever adverse material that they uh that they had to go up against and that's what i want to do and matt seguda was one of the ones that he he actually put dollars up for me he put dollars up for me um it helped it helped myself it helped a couple other runners um that were that were along with me at that time but my life trajectory you know <laughs> pointed me in a different direction at the time hey no i i so that so that kind of, that kind of died it was one of those business ideas that that never took off because you know like i said different trajectory that i was on yeah well, i think it can be hard to kind of go in that direction but i also think like there's so many runners out there who, you know, like you said, they just, they're, they're late bloomers. They haven't hit. I mean, how many of these people aren't hitting their stride till their thirties, you know? And they just need a little bit of support. Right. And, and it's, there's, there's almost no way to do it. I mean, you talk about these guys, some of these people who are running marathons now and, and they're, they're teachers, they're doctors, they're putting themselves through school. They're, they're, I mean, Right now, I mean, Noah Drotty, one of the best American men right now, mm -hmm. unsponsored. You know, now Rojas has been running amazing. Just it was fourth at Boston. Um, yeah. Or six. Six at Boston. Top American woman, I think, unsponsored. Okay. You know, like, it's it's crazy the um, the talent that we have. And some of these people just eventually have to walk away because of the, the lack of support or you know just just how hard it is i mean running having to hit these standards and well, you can't i mean you can't seb i i walked away from the sport for a couple reasons i had a really bad taste in my mouth and when i walked away i walked away um so One of the main reasons why I walked away was because of performance enhancing drugs. That was, I was racing at the level where that mattered. It mattered. I'm not going to get into specific names, but there's specific groups that got popped. Uh, there was groups that rec that wanted to recruit me 
to go in that are banned from the sport now, right? Um, luckily, I had the wherewithal that um, I didn't join the group. I just had a bad feeling. I've always followed my intuition, always in my life, always, always, always. Um, I almost did. I almost moved to Oregon to get out there. And I mean, that. I mean, I don't, I don't give a shit. The Salazar group, I mean, they're, you know, it, it, it is what it is and it was what it was. Yeah. And I could have been a part of it. And I'm glad I wasn't. Um, it has nothing to do just with that group at all. Um, that just, they just came to mind. There was other runners in Albuquerque, foreign runners that I just knew, you know, I mean, there were, <laughs> there's other things that we had. Yeah. That I had proof of that I'm not going to go into because I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a rat. I'm not a rat. But um, even in my younger days, where I had proof of things and it got overlooked. And at some point, Seb, I was like, "Hey, man, why, why am I busting my ass? Why?" I mean, going back to what we were saying, I mean, we have these teachers out here. We have these teachers, lawyers. I mean, they're they're working. One, they, which is amazing, they've done the things that, they, that they've needed to done to get themselves in the position that they wanted to be in, whether it be educational, um, professional, both, to try to follow this dream and you're running up against somebody that has an advantage. Right. Yep. And I didn't have I didn't have that. I didn't. I, I, well, I did. Professionally, I did. I went to school to run. I was at UNM to run. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was pretty, it was pretty plain to see. I mean, even, even up until then, like people would still talk shit about like, oh, well, Matt Gonzalez has a hard time making grades. I'm like, yeah, of course I had a hard time making grades because I was focusing on running sub four minutes. I was running, focusing on running 1330. I didn't care about school, but little did they know I was only going to a semester at a time. I mean, excuse me, like a week at a time each semester and still passing classes, right? Doing enough of what I needed to do. Um, to pass the class and you know and a lot of people don't like to hear that and a lot of people will think that I'm shitty oh well you you know you had this opportunity to go to school for free and you didn't do anything with it and don't even get me started on the <laughs> high education school system either it's all a bunch of ridiculousness but I mean unless you're going to go for something specific right yeah doctor <laughs> you know, nurse lawyer like something that that that, that matters um, no, no disrespect. I don't know what you have your, your degree in, but, um, I mean, it's cool. I, I think it's awesome. People who get degrees cause I, I didn't do it. I went for pro a little bit early. Um, but it's not fair to those type of people who are working their butts off day in, day out. Not even like I was where I had, I had the time I was able to train early in the morning, go lift mid to late morning nap early afternoon and get a third, get, get a fourth or third or fourth workout in, you know, be, you know, before five, I try to work with the nine to five, right? So you got three workout, three to four workouts in between nine, nine and five. So you had, your body had the time to recover. And these individuals aren't, you know, aren't able to do that. And they still have to compete with people who are using performance enhancing drugs, which is complete bull crap. So that was the first reason why, um, I got out of the sport. Uh, second reason is I hated training. I loved competing <laughs> and I hated training. I hated training. God, if I was training to this day, I would still hate training. <laughs> and it still goes back to like, why am I doing this? Why am I doing it? The companies aren't going to support us. 
We're not football, basketball, baseball. There's no, we're not marketable and, and it's not our fault. These big shoe companies, you're, you're telling me that every Sunday in season, you'll have these NASCAR fans watching cars go around in a circle for 500 laps and they can market that to one of the biggest professional athlete businesses ever. And you're telling me that you can't do that to track and, and road racing before this last Olympics, which it was, I mean, God, the market on this last Olympics was awful. And the, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just complete garbage. I, I mean, I didn't watch and I'm an, obviously I love watching the Olympics, right? Yeah. The Olympic committees never put any real dollars in, into marketing the sport, but it was still the biggest, um, athletic venue that you could watch ever and it's just it, it's it's just it, it's it's bizarre to me well it's it's they're too they're too, they're too, they're too focused on screwing the athletes oh, it, sucks. it's it's so antiquated you know they talk about keeping the sport pure you know and so you have these athletes out there competing for a6 in their home country you know, they're competing for Saucony, they're competing for Puma, Adidas, you know, whoever you want to say. And the athletes can't even make a shout out to their sponsor because of these rules saying, oh, no, we're only allowed to talk about the sponsors that are actually sponsoring the games. The Olympic committee, yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, or the meet, yeah, absolutely. Right. And it's... Anyway, yeah, it's 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 just, it's, it's very frustrating. I get passionate about it. I haven't thought about this in a long time. <laughs> so I'm sorry, I but I, I do. It, it's still... It still just aggravates me and gets so under my skin. And not only not only because I experienced it, but because generations and, and maybe I failed. And maybe I failed by because I'm a pretty outspoken guy. I don't I don't care about much. Um, but may, maybe I'm wrong for not having spoken up. And I, I had all these intentions, you know, prior. But, you know, once I started learning a little bit more about life and. I just, you know, nobody cares. Nobody cares. I mean, unless you're in it, unless you're experiencing it, nobody cares. I mean, it's honest. I mean, yeah. it's as honest as honest. Nobody cares. It's, it's, everybody's got to go through their own battles. Everybody's got to figure it out themselves. Everybody has this false sense. I shouldn't say everybody, but a lot of human beings, especially Americans, have this false sense of caring more than they actually do about things. Right? And nobody cares. Unless it's specifically happening to you. Right. And that, that's kind of why. And that was another reason why I'm like, nobody cares. I, I, why am I going to be up in arms about something and nothing's going to change? Right. So, you know, it's it's interesting. You, you talk about and we can go on a tangent on, on this for the rest of the time, but I'm going to switch it a bit. <laughs> talk to whatever you want. But, you know, you talked about getting into it because you love the competing aspect of it. And. And, and, and part of that's winning and all this. And so what did you do with that competitive nature when you walked away with it? You know, were you able to just kind of set it aside or, or did you, you know, feel like you had to like do something else to kind of let that out? I still haven't found the answer to that question. So <laughs> to be honest, I'm still just as competitive. I mean, I won, well, I don't, I mean, it's sports betting, sports betting, but I mean, I won like 
$700, which is not a lot of money, especially people who know me in my gambling days. <laughs> but I want $700 on the Tyson Fury Wilder fight the other night, Deontay Wilder fight. Like, I'm just competitive. I'm just competitive. I, I'm willing to wager. I'm willing to, if I, if I, you know, I, I just, I, I'm competitive. I mean, that's all I can say. <laughs> and there's nothing that's ever going to fuel that. It wouldn't matter. If I had a gold medal, my, my aspirations of having a gold medal on the world record, now I'm 40 years old. I don't, I don't know. I just turned 40 last, on last Saturday. And um, I don't know. If I would have continued training, I don't, I don't know where I would be right now. But let's say I would have gotten all that in my mid-30s and then I retired. I'm going to feel the same way now. You know, I'm going to feel the same way that I do now. It doesn't matter. I, I always have to feel that. I have to feel that. I always, I always thought I'll always be like that. I get, I get tongue tied with it because it's, it's overwhelming. I can't go for runs. I can't go for runs now. I mean, I'll go for a little bit of a jog, but I can't, I can't run for a week straight because my mind still goes to Olympic trials. My mind still goes to Olympics and it, it, it's frustrating because I can't just enjoy running and it was, and I'm not one of those runners. I'm not one of those ex runners. I'm not a runner anymore. And I, I'll say that openly. I'm not a runner anymore. But I'm not one of those ex-runners that, you know, oh, I used to run because it's just so amazing and I love the runner's high and nothing against people who do that. I just don't have that in me. It's not something, it's it's something that got me away from, it got me away from some things that I wanted to get away from. It gave me an opportunity and I took it and I, and, and I took it and I don't regret it and I love every minute of it. I got to race around the country. I got to race around the world. I got to meet so many people. So much of why I'm so successful as a salesperson is because of the people that I met, the individuals that I met in, in track and field. I mean, you, when you're around world record holders and you're around agents that were able to land these world record holders and these, you know, meet, you know, the people who had these meets, I mean, you're talking about very, very large energetic people. And I never took that for granted. Never did ever, ever, ever. And I always learn. I've always tried to learn from people. And I'm fortunate for me and I for it, and I would never have changed it. So to answer your question, I I haven't done anything to <laughs> to to fill that you know to fill that void. It's still there, and I, and it'll never be. It'll never be filled because that's just my that's literally my my personality. Because I'm always going to want more. I'm always going to want more, and I don't mean it in a bad way. You know, I mean it in a good way. That's kind of why I was able to turn it. You know, I was able to. I, I, even after the identity crisis of not being a professional runner anymore. And, you know, that identity crisis is like real. It's real. I was Matt the runner. In the poker room, I was Matt the runner. Um, in my personal life, I was Matt the runner. In, in my family, it's always Matt. Oh, Matt. You know, oh, he's running. Hey, are you still training? To this day, I still get, are you training? And it like drives me up the wall. <laughs> when anybody's listening and you see me, Please don't ask me if I'm still training. And the reason why, Seb, I say that is because when I was training, I was 115 pounds, you know, <laughs> and I'm not like, I'm not like obese, overweight. I guess you take BMI, I guess you would say that, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a solid type of cat, right? But I'm like a 185, 190 now, you know, I'm not running marathons, Like, don't ask me if I'm still training, it's, dude. It's, oh, that just drives me up the wall, it drives me up the wall. Almost to like being mean to people when they talk. Like, are you serious? Does it look like I'm, does it look like I'm training, man? Come on, get out of here. Oh, but I think I think that's you know you've you've hit on a couple of things that are, that I think are pretty relatable. You know, 
whether you know i've known runners whether they they end in high school or college you know wherever it is their identity is is wrapped up to that and not not just runners i mean 100 percent, anything basketball players football players whatever like that's that's who you are right i i was this i was the same way and i I didn't have the same nearly the same success as you you know didn't even finish uh four years running in college and but hold on i gotta stop you there man it doesn't matter in my head what i did was what i did i mean it doesn't matter like don't don't do that (laughs) (laughs) you're right but but i mean my in my head it was always you know i'm a runner i'm a runner and then after being out of it for so long it was like am i a runner (laughs) yeah you know well i i I, and you're right you're 100 percent. i love that you that you touch on that you know i guess you know when you ask yourself are you a runner that's only a question that you can answer but we like to we like to make it external because we care about what people think and there's nobody i don't give a shit what people tell you oh i don't care what people think bullshit stop stop that's not that's not what it is right because we all care what people think to an extent right but there's always got to be that limit that you put on it right so that's one thing that i battled for so long especially starting to put on the weight you know, I started getting a little bit thicker. I start, you know, and then people would say shit and it would bother me. It would bother me. I'm like, this mother, you know what I mean? Like, what, what is, where do they, what do they, where are they coming from? Where did they get off? And it would bother me for a couple of days. And then I start thinking, I'm like, what does it matter? It's just like anything else in life. They're just putting their bullshit on me just, just because, and it has nothing to do with me. Like I had to take my ego out of it. Like, oh, poor me. Oh, they're telling me that I'm fat or they're telling me about blah, blah. Yeah, come on, get, get, get over yourself, right? It's just the human thing. When somebody feels bad about themselves, it wouldn't matter if it was me or if it was you, Seb. Yeah. Right? It just, it just depends on who's in front of them, who they're going to lash out and put whatever negativity that they need to get off their chest, you know, and, and, and so be it. If they need to do that, they need to do that. I'm never... Sometimes I welcome it because I don't know what people, what's going on in people's lives, right? What, what, how do I know that they just didn't have some like huge tragedy in their life and they just are lashing out for whatever reason? Maybe they don't even know. Right. Get over yourself. Get over. And I'm not saying that, you know, if anybody's going through that, that identity crisis, I'm not, I'm not saying get over yourself, you know, like, oh, you're, you're wrong for how you're feeling. Absolutely not. That was just my thought process as I got over it. Right. Myself in my situation. I had to tell myself that get over yourself, man. Other people are going through shit, too. You're not the only one going through stuff. And come on, it's first world problems. Oh, poor me. I can't be a professional runner anymore. I'm like what? You know, move on. Move on. It's it's your decision. And there was times that I tried to make a decision to go back and it just never happened to make a comeback. Right. Right. And it, and it just and it just never happened. But it's a very, very difficult. And I do not minimize how people feel. Or, or, or what they're going through and how they feel. But at the end of the day, everything passes. Everything just, everything's temporary. But they just, you know, anybody's going through that's temporary. That feeling will go away. And if you can get yourself to do it, just put it into something constructive instead of something destructive, right? Because I've done both. And I pick constructive every time at this point in my life. 
but I was very, very destructive in my life for a long, long time. And that was, you know, there was things that I, you know, that I had to deal with and, um, in terms of my dad passing, you know, you know, when I was in college and things that, that happened to me that I don't, that I didn't feel was, was right. Either NCAA or UNM compliance, um, things that they made me do this, that, but at this point, that's what I tell my boys, man, is this going to matter next year? Is this going to matter in a, in a decade? And there's nothing that matters unless it's real, real tragedy, right? Losing somebody, losing a family member. Other than that, brush it off and move forward. I mean, it's it's as simple as that. But I mean, it's easy for me to say because I'm over that hump. Right. You know, I'm over that hump. So again, I'm not minimizing how anybody's feeling because it's it's fucking tough, man. I mean, it is. It really is. No, I I, I appreciate you saying that because I think, you know, like you said, I mean... I, there's plenty of people who go through this for various stages for various things and it can uh it can take a while to get over that and yeah and, and not only just in like running or athletics anything you know yeah. relationship you know a relationship ending i mean you had an identity when you were with somebody you know I, I i wish i wish people would be more sensitive to that of what people are other people are going through we'd live in a way better world you know if we just took a step back, we responded instead of reacting and we just said, Hey man, may, maybe this guy or this gal or whatever, this person, I should say, maybe this person is going through something that I, that I have no clue. So let me let it go instead of arguing. Let me let it go instead of, or taking it personal and, and ruining my day. Right. Just approaching everything with love, I guess is, is the best way. I lived. I lived in a bitter, in a bitter place, in a bitter space. Excuse me, for a long time because of what we talked about earlier: the performance enhancing drugs, the you know feeling like I shouldn't want to raise, but I know this person is dirty, or you know I don't have the massage therapist. I don't have you know what the organ project people have you know i don't i don't have access to doctors i don't have access to that and i'm you know i was living in a bitter place and maybe maybe that's the reason for my performance in the 2008 olympic trials right because i was i was the fittest that i've ever been in my life but i i didn't approach the race with love i didn't approach the race with acceptance i was always a bit worried about what other people were doing at the, that point in my life and it and obviously, and, and I mean, I guess it's perspective, right? I think I was 10th or 11th. I don't remember. Maybe I was, I think I was, I was 10th or 11th. I don't remember at trials, but, uh, you know, for a lot of people that would have been awesome. You know, for me, it was a tragedy. Yeah. Again, it's all perspective, right? Right. So, yeah. yeah I, I had looked it up before and yeah, you were, you were 11th. Well, I was 11th. Okay. You, yeah. Uh, two sixteen, And I mean, there's plenty of people. Some probably listening to this that would kill for a two sixteen, you know. Sure. <laughs> sure. But like you said, I mean, yeah, I, I was on, dude. I was yeah. on pace for like two twelve that race, which had gotten me on the team. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I think it was. I can't. I, I don't want to say the splits because I might be a second or two seconds off, and I don't want to get. <laughs> I don't want to get blasted. But I remember I was like in the four forties, you know, for like nineteen twenty, or I'm sorry, maybe it was twenty twenty one twenty two. You know, I was I was right there in the four forties ish, mid to high four forties, and then after I passed the twenty three mile mark, um, I could see third place. Like third place was like thirty meters in front of me, 
And I went from running, let's, let's call it 450 pace to like 830 in a hundred meters. Wow. I completely crashed, man. I completely crashed. And I just, I, I almost, I almost, I almost DNF'd. Wow. I really almost DNF'd in just the last, you know, three miles, less than three miles. Cause I think I was like three and a half miles when that happened. And, uh, that, that was the, that was probably some of the most pain, physical pain that I've ever endured in my life. And I just remember people get passing. <laughs> it, seemed, it seemed like when I saw 11th, I was like, oh, I guess it's not that bad. Cause I thought like 40 people passed. <laughs> uh, so that was, that was awful, you know? And, but I loved it, you know, again, again, there's that silver lining. I still tell everybody to this day, people are like, I'm thinking of doing a marathon. Like, do it, do it, do it. And it doesn't matter because you're going to learn a lot about yourself in training. You're going to learn even more about yourself in the race. If you have, if you have a proper race, right. If you, if you flirt with that line, yeah. you know, anybody can, and actually, and I'm going to say that anybody can run a marathon. If you have two legs, you got a couple lungs, you're, you're all right. You, you, you can get it done. doesn't matter. You, you might do it in 20 hours, you know, or you might do it in, you know, two hours. But but if you flirt with that line, you're going to learn a lot about yourself. And it, it, it was that that was an experience, man. That was a heck of an experience. First time, first and only marathon is Olympic trials. But New York City Roadrunners wanted our generation to uh, bump up to marathon. So they really took care of us. So that was like... That was myself, uh, Jorge Torres, Ed Torres, Nathan Ritzenheim. Yep. Um, what's his face from Stanford? Um, God, he was Ryan Hall. Oh yeah, Ian, Do- Ian Dobson. God, I'll still, I'll, I'll argue with anybody anytime that we had the strongest uh, NCAA era ever. I mean, we had so, so many people. It was insane. I mean, those yeah. are just the Americans. I mean, well, I mean, even, uh, you know. What was the guy's name from Arkansas that used to, Alistair Craig? Oh, yeah. Boaz, Boaz uh, Chiboywo, Joseph at Boy. Yeah. Uh, I, who's the dude? Who was the guy who beat me at uh, NCAA's uh, Arkansas? He went back to back. Oh, I saw this when I was looking. No, Wisconsin, Wisconsin, not Arkansas, Wisconsin. Um, oh, man. I mean, it was a name I know. When I saw it, I'm like, oh, dang. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. There, dude, there were so many names. Yeah. Well, and I mean, I mean what, just, just uh, I think, a couple of years older than us was Alan Webb. I mean, dude, just. Alan Webb, yeah. Alan Webb was an art, yeah. He, I mean, there was just so so many guys. And it, and it was a pleasure. It was a pleasure lining up with those guys and competing and, you know. Cole just, Pepper. Just yeah, Cole Pepper. He's a bit older than us. Just, yeah. Cole, Cole, Pepper, Cole Pepper's kid is like killing it. I, uh, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, Shannon Allen. I'm friends with him on Facebook, and they they post a lot. And uh, dude, their son is 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 for real. Like he's for real. He don't play, man. <laughs> like, I, I love it. I love. I love seeing. I get goosebumps thinking about him because they're such great people. Yeah. You know, they're such great people. They're they're amazing, and and I, and I love to see Americans doing well. I love to see clean Americans doing well. Um, like I said, I don't, I don't know anybody really who's on the, on the scene these days. I just, I just don't follow it. When I, when I left the sport, when I walked away, I just walked away and, um, I don't regret it. I don't, yeah, sometimes I'll, you know, I, I didn't even watch the Boston Marathon this year. Usually I'll watch it. Um, uh, but it was the day after my birthday after a fight night. So 
<laughs> I slept in. Couldn't get up that sleep. early? <laughs> no, I didn't get up that early. Man. Come on. That's a silly question. <laughs> but, it, yeah, it was it was great. But, yeah, man, it's uh, the running world. Again, I just I appreciate you doing this and, and bringing light to a really, really awesome sport, man. It's, it, it's cool. Yeah. You know, I was, I was going to ask you, you know, have talked a lot about kind of this compassion and people kind of coming together and, and coming at it with compassion and love and this, and I love hearing that. And sure. it, um, it kind of reminds me a little bit of, of your, your college coach. Uh, I got to run for him for a year, but, um, you know, Matt Henry was really, I mean, that's, that's how he coached, you know, he, Matt Henry, that's what he did. He coached with his heart. Yeah. He always coaches the heart. I love that man to this day. I talked to him the other day, actually. Well, right not the other day. Probably about two, three months ago I talked to him. But I try to keep up with him. Um, I can't say enough about Matt Henry. He, uh, you know, I mean, the guy after after my dad passed, he, he was the guy that I leaned on. He was the man that, you know, that got me through a lot, got me through training, got me through. I didn't skip a beat. I mean, well, I did. I, I shouldn't say that. My dad passed in 2003. July 17, 2003. So we decided, and I hadn't redshirted cross yet. I hadn't, I hadn't had a redshirt yet. So I, I took my redshirt that year. Um, my grades dipped a little bit and he always went, went up to bat for me, always went up to bat for me. And one, one gentleman that I do not want to overlook in terms of an emotional support for me and someone who I feel truly loved me and probably still loves me to this day, even though I haven't talked to him in a decade, over a decade is, um, coach Mark Henry, his brother. Um, I mean, they're, they're, they're just such a I mean, such a great guy, such a great family. Yeah. They always went up to bat for me, even when we petitioned NCAA, although we did petition NCAA and they, uh, they let me run indoor. They didn't let me run indoor. I should say, uh, my grades dipped a little bit. Uh, well, actually, my grades didn't dip. I, I shouldn't say that. My grades didn't dip. I was like, I was in college. I was like always like a two, three, two, five guy. You know what I mean, I did enough. Yeah, got it done. I was eligible. I could raise. Right. But NCAA, you got if there's the 25, 50, 75 percent rule. Right. So at some point, I don't know exactly how, how it works, but at some point, at a certain amount of time that you've been in college, you got to have 25 percent of your degree done. Certain part of time, you got to have 50 percent of your and so forth and so on. So there was a class that I dropped. I was going to fail it. Um, you know, I, I wasn't known. I wasn't known for going to class much. Like I said, I, I was there to, I was there to run. Right. I mean, I would, I would choose courses according to their attendance policy in the syllabus, right? We get the <laughs> syllabus. And luckily, you know, as athletes, we had a little bit more leeway on dropping and picking up classes. Um, so I did take advantage of that. And there was a course and I, it, you know, one, it was a hard course. It was some science course or something that I decided to take, probably didn't even need. Um, and it was tough and I just got behind. So I ended up having to drop it and I fell right below that. So we did appeal NCAA for a hardship because of my pop, which is true. It's the reason why Yeah, I was grieving. I was grieving. I mean, we're talking about two months, you know, after my pop passed, um, and uh, I, I always remember uh, with the compliance gal, her name was Janice Rosario. I don't know if she's still there. I don't know 
I don't know two bits about that woman at this point, <laughs> but she, uh, she gave us a hard time. She gave us quite a hard time on, um, you know, backing me up as our compliance person for our university to that NCAA, right? She's supposed to have our back and I'll never forget coach Matt got so upset with her. I remember coach Matt standing up even putting his hand very aggressively on her desk because she looked at me and she was like, well, I need to see your dad's death certificate. Wow. <laughs> I was like, what? Am I, I'm lying about my dad. Are you kidding me? You know what I mean? Um, then I remember, well, I'll, I'll get into this. So now that we're on, now that we're on Janice Rosario, <laughs> <laughs> we're, I think this is 2005. Yeah. This is 2005 track season, having a hell of a season. Hell of a season. Not many athletes are doing anything at UNM. And I'm like all American after all American. I'm not tooting my own horn, but this is what I'm doing. It's true. <laughs> all American after all American. You know, we're, we're killing it. We're doing good outside of an NCAA championship, which I had a very, very strong chance of winning. But like I said, we had such a strong era. You know, nobody knew who was going to win. Like no, nobody knew. I mean, if you, if you look at that era, just, just look at track, look at cross country, look at indoors for those like five years, there's not somebody just killing it. It's either university of Colorado, Arkansas, Wisconsin, Stanford, you know, we, we, there was just so many schools that, that were, that were just doing so well, or so many athletes, distance athletes, individual athletes that were murdering it. So I feel I would have been again, like I always was, I feel like I would have been top three. Uh, and we're going up to, uh, we're going up to, uh, oh, where were we going? Um, Colorado state driving to Colorado state for conference and I'm sitting in the bus and I see coach Mark stand up and he turns around and he's like looking straight at me. <sighs> oh shit. And he calls me to the front of the bus. So Coach Matt's on the phone. Coach Matt's on the phone with our compliance person. And he's like, Matt, she's saying you got to get off the bus. I'm like, whoa, 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 what's going on? So, well, one of your one of your uh, professors dropped you. And this is so this is conference, right? Um, so this is like the week of finals or the ending week that finals is going to happen. Right. Which I had and I had done this my whole career, you know, depending on the class, I would always take my easier classes like any person would do. I know I'm going to get slack for this, but whatever. <laughs> like any person would do, I took the finals of the easier classes and then I would talk to the professor and say, "Hey, I have conference, I have regionals or wherever it landed and I need, you know, I need some time. Can I take my final? You know, we have our race on Saturday. Can I take my final on Tuesday or Wednesday?" Most professors were cool about it. Um, I had already taken care of business, taken care of all of that. And it was like it was a professor, if I remember correctly, it was, I think it was a family studies class that I was taking and no disrespect to anybody who studied family studies, but I mean, it wasn't like, you know, it, it didn't pertain to my degree is what I'm saying. Right. Um, which was sociology, by the way, whatever. But uh, I don't know what I was going to do with sociology degree because I didn't have any intention. It was just what was down my path that was kind of the easiest to go through. So <laughs> she tells coach, she's like, hey, man, 
um, he's got to get off the bus or we're going to be out of compliance and the whole team can't go to conference. And we're just coming up to Santa Fe, which, you know, we've already knew. Right. I grew up in Santa Fe. And she, she tells him, well, I'm, I'll be on my way to pick him up. <laughs> and I, and she was like, well, he's, coach Matt tells me, well, she's going to come pick you up. I was like, well, she wants me to pull it over on the side of the road. She better not come pick me up. It's like, drop me off the giant over here on St. Francis. <laughs> so I had my mom, my mom was still working in Santa Fe at the time. So I called my mom, my mom picked me up. Drove all the way back to Albuquerque, and I immediately went to this professor's office. Luckily, she was there. Most kind person. I was like, hey, what happened? You told me that you were going to allow me to take my my exam on whatever day. And uh, she said, well, you know, compliance was calling. And um, they were asking how you were doing in your classes. And, and dude, I, and I, had like, I, I had like an 85, 86% in the class. So I wasn't even close to failing the class. <laughs> Um, and she said I was doing good. She asked if I had taken your final. I told her no. I told her the situation. Um, and then she asked about my attendance policy. And she did have an attendance policy. If you missed three classes, you got to drop. And obviously, I never went to that class. I shouldn't say never, but I went, you know, I would go get the study guide before test, obviously at midterm. And then yeah. I went to the class maybe five, five, seven times the semester. Um, and she told her that. And she threatened her, like, as of code of ethics, if you have this in your syllabus, you got to do it. And she made her drop me. Can you believe that shit? Wow. Unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable. But me being myself, always, always silver lining. That's something that my beautiful mama and my awesome pop taught me was you're never a victim. Don't be a victim. You know, I had called some agents that I knew and, uh, the next weekend, I was racing in New York as an independent. So there's a wow. there's, the, the race is if you look it up too. Maybe maybe I'll find maybe I'll give you that picture for for the podcast. Uh, I was where because I was working part time at Athletes Edge with Pino. Oh yeah, yeah. And I told him I was like Pino, man, I need a jersey. Like I don't have a freaking jersey. <laughs> and that's when he owned Athletes Edge, right? And he gave me a jersey, and uh, that's. I, I'll find that. I, I have that somewhere. I'll, I'll send that to you. Oh, that'd be great. Uh, that was my first race as a professional, right? Wow. So silver lining. I was there. I was like, screw you, Janice. <laughs> I mean, you cost. I mean, you cost me an NCAA. Maybe potentially cost me an NCAA championship. I don't know if I would have won. The competition is so stiff, and we were all so good and all so competitive. And hats off to all the everybody, everybody in my era because they were just amazing. But uh, yeah, that that was the story on that. But Matt, all Coach Matt and Coach Mark always, always, always stood up for me, and um, I love I love that man. I mean, my pop, two days before my dad died, he pulled Coach Matt. My Coach Matt went to go visit my dad. Wow. I mean, come on, how awesome is that, right? How awesome is of a support system is that? And he, uh, you know, my dad told him, "Hey, take care of my son." You know, my son adores you and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I'm not going to get into it. But um, and Coach Matt took that seriously to this day. You know, him and I, him and I talk and I love his family, all of his family, you know, and Coach Pat, Coach Matt, Coach Mark, the sons, all of them. They're, they're, they're all just great people. Learned a lot from that man. Yeah, I can. Absolutely. I can tell. And I think that's uh, that's a great message to kind of wrap up on. I think that's a, I mean, don't be a victim. So I teach my kids, don't be a victim. If you're not a victim, you'll do good in life, man. <laughs> I love it. And remember people, people have 
hard, more hardships than you do. Take it easy. Get over yourself. Right. I like it. You know, I, this has been a lot of fun. I think there, I mean, we covered a lot of stuff. I think we could probably talk for another hour or two. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if there's anything else that you want to talk about at any time, man, you know how to get a hold of me. We can get after it. If you want to get into, into specifics of certain, certain things and, yeah. We, we can get after it. I think I think that might be great. So I have one more question for you. Talk to me. Ask everybody at the end, and that's just, uh, what are you listening to to get yourself pumped and going for the day, ready to sell a house or, you know, uh, coach a soccer game? <laughs> yeah, it's funny, man. Um, <laughs> well, to the soccer game, that's not me. That's my boys, right? So. I'm a true coach and I, you know, I'm just a guide for them. And, uh, but I love to see them get pumped. So in the mornings, what we'll do is we'll put on, have you, uh, and I I can't even know, I don't remember the name of the song. It's called We Ready. Have you heard? We Ready. Have you heard that? Yeah, 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 yeah. Ready. (laughs) So that, God, dude, it gives me goosebumps thinking that. I get that. And it's just, it's so awesome because my time's over. Yeah. And it comes to like the physical aspect of it. But I still get just as nervous for a competition, you know, especially with my oldest boy, right? My oldest boy, Sean, you know, he's 10 and that they're starting to compete. You know, I mean, it's not like crazy, but the competitiveness is there. All the kids, not just my boy, you know, my team, the other team, like people, kids are wanting to win. So it's really cool to see him get amped up. So that song is definitely good. I listen to um, I guess I listen to more feel good music. There's a song called A-OK. I'll be A-OK. and you know, I'm I'm a huge Queen fan. Always been a huge Queen fan. Can't go wrong with Queen. Fan, Biggie <laughs> fan, NWA fan. I mean, all Jason Mraz. I'll listen to everything. Classic, <laughs> classic oldies. I do. We can spend an hour on what I like to listen to as well. So. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Uh, you know, like I said, this is this has been fun. I I might take you up on this offer. Just I know you've got more stories and. You know, not oh not to necessarily rehash. I have, I have so many stories. <laughs> I think there's things that we talked about the other day that I don't even yeah. that I don't remember. I do. I live so much in the moment that <laughs> you know. I, I do. I, I I I wear my heart on my sleeve. And if there's anything specific that you want to get into, like I told you, I'll be as honest as honest. And unless there's something that I don't feel comfortable with, and I do yeah. appreciate you on that aspect of it. You're 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 a good man, and. Again, I, I, for what you're doing right now, it, it's going to take off. You're you're great, and um, I, I hope it really I hope it really takes off. If there's anything that I can do for you, if there's anybody that you want to talk to that's outside of New Mexico that I know and I have some really good friends, we'll talk offline a little bit about names. I don't want to put anybody on the spot. Yeah, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Like you know, I, I I wouldn't do that to people, but you and I can talk, and uh, I can get you, I can I can get you some big names to talk to. I would for sure. I would love that, and and we'll definitely talk and keep in touch. And um, like I said, I, I've I, our conversation, you know, last week getting this set up, and and today, like, it's uh, it's been fun, and and just talking, like, you know, when I talk to some of these new kids, and, and we talk about the people that are coming up, it's fun. And when I talk about like these these older guys, and like we talked about Matt Segura and Dave Segura and and, and those yeah. guys, like the old days, like that's fun. But talking about like some of these guys that were, you know, our contemporaries is just it, it hits differently. You know, it's <laughs> sure. it's a whole other thing. So 
like I said, I, I really appreciate it. Is there anything else you'd like to add before I let you go? Scott, man. Hey, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing myself or my family justice if I didn't plug uh, that I'm a qualifying broker with proper real estate. Um, and I appreciate you. Thanks for giving me that, <laughs> that inlet to that. <laughs> but yeah, man, um, I work by referral. And if anybody needs help with buying or selling residential real estate, I got you. All right. And I'll be putting links. Any, any, and if there's, if there's anything that I can do for you, Seb, outside of that, just let me know because I, I, I think I think what you're doing is is amazing. And thanks again. I appreciate that. And I think the whole sport, not just myself, it's way bigger than me. I just, the whole sport, and I think the whole running community um, appreciates you and they're going to appreciate you as you start getting more followers and, 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 and gaining traction. And so if there's anything that I can do for you to help that, let me know. If there's anything I can post, anything I, please, I got you. I'll help you out. I'd once again like to thank my guest for their time and thank you for tuning in. If you have the opportunity, please rate and review wherever you listen to your podcasts or just help spread the word. Music was provided by Philip Friedman. You can follow him on SoundCloud at DJ Teach. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at RunningNM. Feel free to drop me a line or shoot me an email at RunningNewMexico at gmail.com if you have any questions or know of someone who should be interviewed. In the meantime, keep running, New Mexico.